Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prep Talk podcast hosted by myself and Max Anthony FBA. Today, we have a very special guest. We have David at DKS FBA. Uh, David has been quickly adding lines to his resume. He has very quickly launched from a sneaker background into Amazon, uh, not to mention that he won the FBM Cup with $230,000 in sales in December, which is awesome to see. Um, he's been extremely transparent about his journey. And we're happy to have him. Thanks for coming coming on, David. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome. Awesome. And I didn't mention that you're also getting the college degree while doing all of Oh, yeah. So I'm in college right now. Um, I'm in my apartment. There's like a ninth floor, like a study room. So that's where I'm currently um, filming this video. Okay, nice. We, we have a long tradition on the pod of people uh, filming while in school. So you are, you know, Max has done it before um and now you're doing it so that's that's good to hear um so let's kind of dive into the background a little bit um let's talk about where you started with you know your flipping experience and then uh let's walk our way through the kind of the last you know four or five months awesome so my flipping experience started should be like when i was 14 years old in eighth grade um it was we were trying to get these leftover pairs from Foot Locker. So it's a little background story for like the viewers. Um, say like a hype shoe releases on Saturday. Um, most of like your local stores at the mall, they do reservations. And um, you have to pick up your pair by 2 p.m. And if not, it goes out to the public. And um, so one day we were at the mall with my cousin and we, it was like two o'clock and we're like, should we just like, just go check out the store and see if they have any leftover pairs? He's like, nah, it's okay. They'll probably have it in like a couple hours. So then we like had lunch and then we went back later and we realized that we're like the 13th person in line and there were 12 available pairs. So we like missed out by one and it was like a shoe you can make like $80 a pop on. So then after that, um, I did a lot of research about like making money with shoes online and how you can make money just like going in store and stuff like that as well. And I got into that. And did that for a couple of years, a lot of like sneakers raffles, a lot of Adidas raffles and stuff like that. And then when I was 16 during COVID, all the whole like brick reselling came around. And um, that's pretty much like what people do on Amazon. It's just like the cheap, cheap sneakers that are like clearance on sale. And you can make like 10% margins on StockX and Go. But the good thing is there's no return. So like what you make is what you make. And when they scan like, your UPS label StockX pays me like immediately. So yeah. the cash flow is awesome. So as long as like it can move, it's like the dream for anyone. And then after like maybe like six months, I turned my parents like garage into a little mini warehouse. And my entire day consisted of like the gym for football and then like boxing all day. And I got like kind of sick of it. And like football and baseball started rolling around because like the, the regulations were lifted. And I just like chose that over making money because i didn't really care anymore and Idiot. went to <laughs> <laughs> and um i went to college didn't really care about money then either and this summer i was like dang i should i should probably make some money so i went on instagram my old sneaker instagram and i saw that a lot of the people that i used to work with were very successful on amazon so i was like that's interesting dm them and he really like didn't want to help me out Cause like maybe he thought I wasn't going to be an asset to him or whatever, but he just kind of said, um, I'll help you out like next week and next week turned into next week and next week turned into next week. And then he eventually like called me 
if you're watching this video, you know who you are. But Ooh. it's all it's all jokes. <laughs> but um, did you do more than Henry this December? Oh yeah. Oh. That must sting, man. You hate to see it. You really do. You really do. You hate to see it. But like, <laughs> but like the thing it is for me now, like kind of going off track. Like anyone that asks for help, I'm like more than willing to help because one, you never know what they could do and what they possibly could know. And honestly, it's just like it's just nice to help other people. It's like yeah. Amazon's so big that just helping one person isn't going to make or break your business. No, and I think you put off good energy, and um, that's that's what you receive in, in return. So, um, you know, if you're putting off good energy, opportunities will find you. Like they're not going to be afraid to approach. Uh, one thing you mentioned where you were like 13th in line that kind of rang a bell for me. Uh, back in like 2020, um, I think I got I landed two PS5s at Target, and there was like also they were doing like their card drops at that time as well. And I was like the last person in line. I did admittedly let the person before me just go because he was buying it for his kids. And I had already mm-hmm. got the bag with the PS5s, but that just brought me back a little bit. <laughs> but R. so, what? Oh, yeah, the RA grind. I mean, it's, I respect it. I respect it. You're, you're still doing some RA, right, David? Um, a little bit. Um, on the way home, there's some Nike outlets and Adidas outlets. So I stop by those once a week, every week to go home and prep. Okay, nice. Yeah, and so... You, how long is that drive for you? You're driving from school to to home, and I, like all of your inventory is going to your house. So what is that? What does that drive like? What does that entail? Um, on a good day, um, hour thirty five. On a bad day, um, two hours and thirty minutes. It depends oh, yeah. on how bad like that interstate traffic is. So if I leave like during like rush hour, it's pretty bad. But usually, otherwise, it's pretty smooth. Just set cruise control and you just drive. Do you yep. not have a prep center? No, I don't. Oh my <laughs> Oregon body. He he has the privilege of no sales tax. So, I, you see those people just hang on to it for a really long time. Um, understandably so, but at he some can't. point it might make sense. But I mean, David, just keep doing your thing. Do you are you getting a prep center? Have you thought about it? Um, I'm looking into wholesale right now a lot, and through wholesale probably have to because I can't mm-hmm. accept pallets at my house unless I pay the yeah. extra like fee. So. That would make sense for a prep center. And once I get some solidified wholesale accounts, I think I'll start looking into it. Well, it's smart. It's smart to maintain control as you're, you know, continuing to scale and and, and create those problems and then understand it's okay. If I have all these problems, it's now smart to responsibly offload. Um, Mm -hmm. But you'll cross that bridge when you get there. Hopefully you get some wholesale accounts soon. Quick tangent. Dude, if you, I'm not saying that everyone listening at home should do this, but if you if you uh, can't get a pallet delivered to your house because it needs to be, you know, the extra charge for whatever, if there's like a mall in your area or just like an office park, you can literally just have it dropped off there and just say that you have one of the units. They're not gonna like, <laughs> like yeah, I'll put my car. Dude, like, I, I mean, you probably could. You just gotta have some surveillance over that sucker. Not that someone's people have done it. Pallet, yeah, yeah people have done it. You can make you know go make boys with the the guy at the. Uh, at the yeah. business center and call it a day. Go to a shop. At, hey, here's here's a hundred bucks. You know, if it's gonna be expensive fee, like four or five hundred, I don't know how much it is, but you know, whatever it is, pay a quarter of that to some business owner. And be like, do you mind if I just get a pallet dropped off here? I <laughs> yeah. won't care. You know, no, they'll it's it's smart, smart. They'll yep. be thrilled to talk to a young entrepreneur as well. They're like, man, you remind me of me when I was younger. Like they love that. True, stuff. true, because they don't see much of that nowadays. Right. 
it's all like it's all on the internet and so they don't see they don't get that person-to-person connection and so if they see the youth you know trying to scrap for a buck bam easy in easy in Mm -hmm. um so you scaled up pretty quickly um what did that like what did those initial months look and feel like versus i mean now you're you're clipping but like how, how what has changed since you started um so when i first started um first month was 13 second month was 40 third month was 44 and fourth month was 111 and then the fifth month which was last month was 237 i think or through 236 sure did you I'm and this month, um, I think I was, I'm at like 80. So I'll probably end around 100. And that's oh, just like, because I'm super low on inventory. I'm pretty like cash heavy right now. I'm just waiting on the right buying opportunity. Because a lot of the times when I just want to spend money and I'm just like super eager to, I just make bad buys. And so just like controlling myself to only buy stuff when I when it's like a good situation for me is something I guess I've matured into, which is, which is really important because cash flow is everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, at first you're just really excited to buy and to test it out. And then eventually you mm-hmm. just sort of like passing things left and right. You're like, no, thank you. No, thank you. What would you say your split RA to OA is at this point? Um, probably 95.5. Um, the Nike outlets, when I when they are good, they're really good. But when they're bad, they're really bad. So okay. it's just like it comes in waves. But And you can only get so many at the Nike outlets too. So... Yeah, mostly OA though, just because I spend so much time like away from home, and I live it like in Eugene for college, and there's no really good RA here unless you're hitting like other stores, but it's not really worth my time there. I'd rather just spend it online if I can. Aren't you guys headquartered? Is it Nike headquartered in Oregon, Eugene, Oregon? Um, Portland. Portland. Oh, how really? far is that from you? Um, that's where I live. So an hour forty. They don't have like a giant campus warehouse giant stores like that they have the nike campus is in beaverton but they have like an employee store which is for like the employees and their friends but they're like really strict about buying and reselling and it's it's just not feasible there you hate to see it you really do (laughs) so what do you think i mean obviously coming from the sneaker background you probably had a leg up like you see a lot of folks like kind of transition well uh from that background what do you think kind of elevated um, this like quick launch for you? Um, one I think would be like the access to credit um, and access to like capital, which is like what I had to start with because I saved up so much money from selling shoes. I don't really care about spending like expensive, like money on expensive things or like buying like nice clothes. I just like, I don't find value in it. So a lot of my money is like in other places right now, but the money that I did have, I poured it all into Amazon. And I think the biggest thing was like, like assurance and trust in myself and in the product that I'm buying. So like with shoes, you have to like, when there's like an opportunity, you have to take it. Like you're going to spend 20 racks, you're going to spend like 30 racks and you can't look back. And sometimes you make the wrong decision, but then you're just like, you got to flush it. But I think a lot of things that, um, many that people talk about is like trust in yourself to go deep. Right. And that's like the bottleneck for a lot of people. I wish I would have bought more units, but for me, my biggest thing was like, I'm going to try the best that I can with what I know. And if I fail and I probably, I did, and I probably will forever, like, I'm just going to learn from it. So I think that was my biggest thing of like, if I make the wrong buy, that's completely okay. Just next time, just don't do it again and learn from it. And I think that mindset that I had was really powerful. And I did buy terrible products, which I liquidated a ton of them in December. And 
um, I think that's what helped me a lot. hundred percent. I think um, having faith in yourself and faith in the process will, will really set you apart. Like if you're afraid of it, it's going cripple you. Right. So like you just kind of have to believe that things will work out. You're going to make mistakes along the way, but that's okay. You're just, you're going to learn from them. You won't, don't make the same mistake twice, hopefully. But um, yeah, I mean, that, 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 I think that speaks a lot to um, why you, you found success. I think it also explains why you've grown on Twitter so quickly. I think that that positive energy really helps you. Can you, can you speak a little bit to that and like maybe touch on some of the opportunities that come your way uh, since, you know, starting to kind of grow that community around you? Um, yeah, Twitter's been really impactful. Um, when I first started, I think I was around like 200 followers and I had like a really ridiculous like profile photo that Pete like DM'd me like I first time talking to Pete ever. He was like, <laughs> cool DM. change your profile pic um, into like something else. It's like he said it's like unprofessional. It could like, like unattract the people that you aren't trying to unattract. And I took that, changed it to like a photo of me and like a bunch of boxes behind my head. And now I think I'm around 1,700 followers today. So pretty big growth from when I first started in August to where I am at now. And Twitter's like what I see compared to like Instagram, compared to TikTok, Twitter's more for like networking. And like Instagram and TikTok's more for like fast growth. Like if you want to sell something, if you want to do anything else, that those are great. But Twitter's like where like the money people like really stay. And like, that's where you meet your friends. That's where you meet like like-minded people. And I like Twitter a lot because of like the opportunities it presented me. So like, um, I have like a couple, I have a sponsorship, um, for like one of my videos and I'm working with another like company for like some future stuff as well. So Twitter's presented me with like those kinds of opportunities, but mainly it's like, just share my story. Like maybe like a year later, I can go back, scroll through my tweets and be like, I was here and probably like laugh at like what I was doing then. And yeah. I think it's really impactful just because like so many people are starting off and I just want to show them that they're not alone. And I'm probably made the same mistakes they're doing and I've had the same bad days and I feel like being transparent is really powerful. So that's why I love Twitter. hundred percent. Yeah. It builds trust. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think one thing that I found admirable about you and when, when I said that, like, Hey, tweak the profile pic, you did it in like five minutes, like it was done. You were just like, what do you think? And I was just like, do something that's going to communicate um, like why you're here. And so put the box photos and now you're rolling because people understand quickly what's going on, what you're about. So that was really the intent there. And uh, the fact that you implemented quickly, I think speaks to how, you know, you kind of operate, like you seem to be pretty regimented and, and just, you know, following uh, a game plan. And I think that'll, that'll prove helpful for you as you continue to, to do positive things. Um, so one thing I, I'm curious, um, and it's been a little bit of a, a project for me recently is time management. And I, you, I mean, my tweets reflected, I've been talking about it a lot. Um, you, you have a lot of balls in the air. So what, uh, what allows you to keep everything moving in a good direction? So one big thing is I like calendars and I like writing stuff down. So I have like a Google calendar that's always open on my computer and like a Chrome browser. And that just has everything I have to do for the week. And I see that every night before I go to bed. And like the most important tasks I write down on like a little piece of paper or a sticky note. And um, I try to wake up early and go to bed at like a decent time. And I think that's really important. Just in the morning, I feel like I have the most brain power 
like specifically for me, I could get the most stuff done. So say I need to do some like reimbursement cases, wake up, shower, eat, case is done. And like say I need to do some sourcing, shower, eat, spend some money. And um, I feel like really trying to plan your day through like what you have to do and then the additional stuff um, to the side is really important because like you don't want to overwhelm yourself and not everything's really important. So like get the really important stuff done first and then do like the other stuff later. So like pretty much my day is pretty much revolve on class. Like what time I have class, when I have class, what homework I have. But then other than that, it's just like the gym and Amazon. So yeah. Nice. Are you, are you planning out like weeks at a time or are you going day to day? Um, usually from Sunday to Saturday. So then, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think that it's so much easier to follow a script. Like if you're just saying, I got to do these things and this is when I'm going to do it. Then you get that like little bit of a dopamine hit when you accomplish that and you're not overwhelmed by all the, all of the stuff that you have to do. Um, so yeah, I think planning it like a week at a time can really make you effective and it, it can prevent you from crashing and just becoming totally yeah. overwhelmed. Calendar maxing is huge. You got a calendar max. If you're not, yeah. I don't know how people don't have like a written schedule out. Like I, I feel like so much anxiety when I wake up and I don't have a plan for the day. I like waking up and just looking at my notebook. Boom, boom, boom. Gotta get this done. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, cool. I already, I don't even have to think it's just autopilot. I just have to work. I don't have to actively work on what to work on, which is a waste of time. Right. Do that the night before. And then you just wake up and work. Well, then it also, like if you have a set schedule, it also then allows you to say no to things mm-hmm. like really easily. Cause you know, there, there are going to be things that maybe aren't worth your time or uh, would be fun, but you have prior commitments and you feel like, mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm blocked there. Sorry. I can't do it. Um, Cause saying no, to, saying no to people is never fun. So for the schedule, zoom in, circle it, you know, uh, is, <laughs> that thing's been Hard in there end. for weeks, for weeks. You can't move it. Yeah. Um, I, I, have this to go on see i told you bro i was busy at seven look (laughs) i told you yeah i promise i wasn't fibbing um so what are the what are the goals for 2024 you mentioned wholesale but what what are we trying to accomplish what are the big boulders we have to move um big boulders for me is being more efficient so more efficient with my time more efficient with my money and like overarching goals just to like get 12,000 followers on Twitter and then um, 400K in profit, like through like sponsorships and through Amazon as well. But um, I guess the biggest bottlenecks is um, just management. Cause like, if you have a really big month, like say you have a huge month in like say August, it's pretty hard to like restructure that cash flow back to like, for example, say September and then continuously grow. Cause unless you have loans and stuff like that, you have to pay off your credit cards and not every credit card company is like super lenient on you continuously spending money. So that's like the biggest bottleneck, I guess, capital is. And I guess knowledge is in a way too, because like you have to continuously adapt and you have to continuously grow. And um, I think that's something that takes time to learn. And I'm pretty new. And um, yeah, so it's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of capital and a lot of knowledge. I feel like that's like the two main things that will hold me back. But I'm going to try my best to figure it out and it's not about like if i'll do it it's about when pretty much there we go so um wholesale are we are you reaching out at this point or are you where are you at in that journey so currently i have around 100 brands that i've written down that i'm interested in so i'm going to reach out to them 
ask for their distributors, hopefully, and they'll give it to me and we'll see and we'll go from there. Okay, nice. I mean, you have a plan, but that's, so then you just follow, it's just like the calendar, you follow the script. It's, it's not, like mm -hmm. people make things so complicated and they really don't have to be. Like that, that first reach out that you do for your, the first wholesale connect probably will be pretty poor and then you'll get better at it. Like quickly, like the fifth one, you'll probably be clipping. You'll be like, oh, I, I kind of am anticipating what they're looking for. I can position things a little bit better. Um, and then, you know, by the 10th one, maybe you open an account. So, I, I mean, I, I really only see good things just based on how you're, you're structuring it and you're looking at it going in. Um, but most of this business is really just brute force repetition. Like it's like it really is. who can do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again without wanting to chop their head off first. Like <laughs> really, you just reach out to a hundred distributors, you're bound to get one. One percent, you'll have one. That one call that they say yes might make you tens of thousands of dollars. So if you do oh. five hundred, a thousand, and you get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what people's uh, average opening was. I forget. I was listening to one podcast. I forget who said it, but he said his wholesale outreach uh, was like a 45% yes, which was crazy. I felt like that was Dang. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. <laughs> probably after years of work, though. Yeah, I was someone who like is pretty big in the space. But I mean, I, I think I don't even know what a good closing percentage would be. At least like 10, right? Figure 10%. Sounds right. But like, I mean, at 50, you're probably, it's similar to OA, right? Where you're being more selective to who you reach yeah. out to. Like I notice all the red flags on the site before I send them. Right. So I'm eliminating and then I'm making my time as, you know, efficient and maximizing it to the to fullest extent. Um, but awesome. Uh, anything that you want to leave the listeners with before we wrap? Um, I'd say like a huge thing that I worked on this January like more than like the Amazon wise, it was just like reaching out to other people that were more successful than me and like really asking them if I could take their time and just hop on a quick call and ask them some questions and saying that I know that I'm like a lot smaller than you. I don't provide much value, but I'm like really eager to learn. And I'm eventually, I know that I'll provide value back to you. And I think those calls are really great. And I did probably like 10 or 12 of them this month already. And they're great just so you can learn about what they do. What, what are their systems? How are, what do their days look like? And how do they view this Amazon business as a whole? And I feel like perspective is really powerful just because like you don't know everything and every, those people probably know a ton more than you do. And if they just like give you the opportunity for a call, I thought you should take it. It shouldn't be really you asking them like, can I just hop on a call just like randomly? But like, just like talk to them in the DMs and if they seem like they're open to like chat with you and give you time, like I feel like, you should always ask and worst case i'll just say no but a lot of these people like if you show that you care you put yourself out there on the internet like they're more than more than more than willing to hop on like a 30 minute call with you. that's yeah that's the biggest thing well and i think that um like i feel like you might have asked to get on the prep talk like really early before we saw that like that transition and then like really what you were demonstrating there is that effort right because you're then hopping on videos you're, you're like you're, you're engaging with folks and then like I think we were probably super small, like super small, we're still small, but like the, you know, we've, we had only done a couple episodes. I was like in time and time, but then I see all of this effort you're putting into it. And I'm like, absolutely. Like he's mm -hmm. you know, a good kid, positive kid. He's attracting people to him. I think that he, his perspective should be shared at scale. Right. The best analogy that I always say to people is the car on the side of the road that's broken down analogy. 
if you see a car that's broken down on the side of the highway, I'll say this a billion times until everyone knows <laughs> it. Um, and you see someone just sitting on their phone and it's a Sunday night at 8 p.m. It's dark out and they're just sitting on their phone in their car, not really caring. And their car is clearly broken down. It's smoking, right? No one's stopping to really help that person. It's like on the highway, it's dangerous, whatever. You see a dude in a snowstorm pushing his car with like the door open because he just ran out of the driver's seat to like uh, flip it into neutral and then get the back of his car and try to push it back himself. You're helping that guy. I guarantee you there's going to be multiple people that stop and help that guy because they see him putting in effort trying to help and better his situation, trying to figure it out. People love to see other people that actually care about stuff, especially the people that are in a position to offer that type of advice, right? Because really, if you can't give them value for their time per se, they at least want to like get value out of it in the sense of that giving this information doesn't go to waste. That's value in and out of itself, you know? So if yeah. you show that you're willing to put in the effort and put your put your face out there, it shows them that you're actually going to do something with this info. And so that's when people mm-hmm. are open to talk, you know? Right, 100%. Because like, you know, when, when you, when you like you said, like when you see someone putting in the effort, you relate to it. You're like, I remember when I did my first video. I remember when I did this. But like if you are struggling and you can't figure out why it's not working, ultimately, whatever the case is, it's probably you that's not putting in the effort. Like that's that's the reality of the situation. So if you put forward a little bit of effort, do things that most people are uncomfortable doing, the world is yours. I mean, at the end of the day, the world is yours. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Like one of these, one of the big things that um, I really noticed, like the people that ask me questions, I decided to ask questions back. Like, so like content wise on Twitter, like there's a lot of beginners that follow me. So I ask them a lot of them, like, what do you want to see? Like, what do you like, what would gravitate you to read like the entire thread as a beginner? Like, what do you want to see on Twitter? And I get like a bunch of different answers. So like lately I've been spending a lot of time, like creating valuable content for like newer people that to follow about like stuff they'll actually take time to read the whole thing retweet comment and stuff that would be helpful to them starting out and a lot of them said that like for everyone starting to enter it's about like personal stuff like how could you relate to this person like one-to-one then two it's like it's got to be like education like like past lessons you learned how to do this like problems you face and like your solution to it that's what people like to see and third it's just like you being yourself like pure like authenticity is what people love and um trying to put on like a face for someone you're not is not what people want to see and just be yourself and provide content that you think will be educational if you were in the same shoes as them before 100 i thought you i thought you were being a fraud that's actually you on twitter (laughs) (laughs) nah 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 steven if you're watching this don't follow that advice we gotta (laughs) um no but No, but I think um, I think you raise a good point in that if you're a beginner, like that perspective is valuable. Like if you see somebody that's writing those threads and you demonstrate that you actually watch, you, you read the thread or you watched the YouTube video and then you ha- had a follow up, you're giving that person an idea to run with. So if you just put in a little bit of effort, you can add value to somebody that may be a little bit further along in their journey. So I, I think that's that's super important. And I've had tons of DMs where they're like asking questions and that sort of thing. And it's it's important. It's helpful to, it's helpful to me. So mm-hmm, exactly. Yep. But awesome, David. Um, appreciate you coming on. Um, people, you go follow him at DKSFBA. It's a good follow. Going to have a lot of videos, a lot of energy. Um, but we do appreciate you coming on. And to everybody that got this far, we'll catch you next time.
Thank you, guys. Peace. Peace.